Welcome to the Strath Union podcast today, hosted by myself, Kirsty Ballantyne, VP Sport here at Strath Union. I'm joined today by your VP Welfare, Lewis. How are you today? I'm good today, thanks, Kirsty. Do you want to introduce yourself? What you do? What you've been up to? I'm Lewis McDermott. I'm obviously the Vice President Welfare for Strath Union this year. Um, and as VP Welfare, I kind of cover the roles and remit of mental health, of kind of employability, cost of living and housing as well. Today we're going to be talking about housing um, and we are in the midst of a housing crisis. Do you want to tell us a bit about what's been going on and how much work you've been having to deal with? Yeah, so it's probably pretty obvious to anyone who's living in Glasgow or studying in Glasgow or been trying to live in Glasgow, that there is a bit of a housing crisis going on. Um, Long and short of it is there's no flats for students. There's nothing that's even slightly affordable to most, if any, student. Um, Even those who are lucky enough to kind of be able to self-support and fund themselves outside of SAS, Mm -hmm. um, even for them, there's no housing available at all. Um, the little housing that is available and those lucky enough to have gotten housing are either stuck in ridiculously overpriced PBSAs mm-hmm. and that's kind of purpose-built student accommodation, so private halls, or they're living in dingy, dark, <laughs> damp, mouldy, disgusting flats um, all across great. the city, or even some students having to commute for hours every day just to get on campus. Um, I know we had students living in... Hostels and hotels and yep. all sorts so, as well. Yeah, yeah, back at the start of September. Um, God, yeah, back at the start of September. That seems like so long ago now. Back at the start of September, the we first kind of noticed, well, we noticed back in August, tried to do what we could to mitigate it, but mm-hmm. we couldn't build new houses in a month. So when students started arriving in September, especially international students, they'd been invited to come to Glasgow by the University of Strathclyde um, to come and study in, you know, one of the best universities in Scotland. Um, and were met with having absolutely nowhere to live, you know? Yeah. Um, there were students who had been looking for houses for months but couldn't get any because they didn't have a UK-based guarantor or there just wasn't housing that they could afford. Um, so they had to arrive because their courses started and they were required to be on campus for that and had to live out of hotels and yeah. hostels for weeks, if not months at a time. Um, and obviously we had COP on as well, which mm-hmm. impacted a lot of a housing and hotel availability. Yeah. yeah, I mean, COP, rents skyrocketed yeah. after COP. <laughs> and, you know, you've, he'll, you'll, you'll hear stories of people, one of my pals actually, um, was asked by their landlord if they could just... For the weeks, go and live somewhere else. I'll, you know, I'll no. pay you. I'll pay you. I'll pay six hundred quid to move out for two weeks. Give like, me some accommodation now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, we'll do a house swap. <laughs> Wife swap. <laughs> um, yeah. So COP definitely made things a lot worse. Yeah. Um, but after COP, we were kind of hoping things would get better. You know, we thought COP was a huge factor in this. But mm-hmm. once the landlords had started decided to rent the houses rather than keep them as Airbnbs. Um, maybe there'd be more housing, but January, February rolled around um, and it was still the exact same, still absolutely nowhere to live. Rent had stayed at that higher level as well. And we had a whole new kind of cohort 
um, a whole new group of students starting yeah, in our no, new January Masters. Um, I say ever. Strathclyde's <laughs> new January <laughs> My Masters. My Strathclyde. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and they were not, again, same exact same issues, had nowhere to live. The few people that were lucky enough to be able mm-hmm. to find somewhere were paying too much, and the quality of the accommodation was just awful. Scary though, like I was meant to do a semester abroad in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and if you're travelling all that distance, you don't know what accommodation's going to be like till you really get here. And I struggled to find anything as well, or like it was just so expensive. That's exactly that. Yeah, that's so exactly hard. that. Um, Strathclyde University says they have uh, an accommodation guarantee for first year mm. students who are kind of moving to Glasgow to come and study here. Um, Does that cover uh, those on? semester abroad or is no. that just first year just first year undergrad students undergrad. specifically mm. so they guarantee first year undergrad students a place in halls um, I don't even know the success of that guarantee they don't publish yeah. that data and that guarantee is also very hidden <laughs> on other kind of university websites university accommodation it's like the first thing they say it's like if you're going to live with us we'll definitely get you a bed um, for Strathclyde it's like buried in like three different you can find it. like yeah, exactly <laughs> it's like in a random handbook somewhere yeah, yeah. Um, but then in meetings with me they're like oh yeah great yeah we've got the um, accommodation guarantee but We've doesn't got, cover it. National students, students living in hostels. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's quite the guarantee there, isn't it? Um, doesn't cover on. internationals. Doesn't cover postgrads. Doesn't cover year semester abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, second year onward, absolutely nothing. Um, it's a fend for yourself. Yeah, very much. And how long has this housing crisis kind of been going on? Has it really just been this year, or yeah, has it been? I mean, ongoing? housing. Housing has always been an Nephew. issue for students. Mm-hmm. You know, Strathclyde has one of the lowest kind of beds per student in terms of its own um, accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have got halls as well that are now mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not being lived in. Exactly, exactly. That was one of the biggest things that shoved, um, pushed it so far down. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty-five thousand students. Like, oh, I should know the number of this. Um, <laughs> 1,300 beds, I think, so it's like 1 in 10, roughly. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and that's some of the lowest in the UK and in Scotland. Um, so it really is... Oh, it has always been an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and rent has always been ridiculously expensive for students because, our, you know, SAS can only go so far for those of us that are lucky enough to get SAS in student finance. Yeah. Um, and international students have to either find somebody living in the UK who can act as their guarantor, so act as somebody who can yeah, act as somebody who can essentially be liable and like cover the cost yeah. if they can't pay the bill, or pay six months rent in advance is what they usually ask. Yeah. Unattainable. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, this this crisis specifically um, wasn't really until August of last yeah. year, I think, was when it was kind of everyone went. Oh, maybe. Yeah, hang I remember exact meetings. Right. You were like, "Help!" <laughs> it's it's going to be an issue. It's not me that needs help. I was I lucky. Know, but you were like, "What do I do?" I was I was really lucky. I was planning on moving in for September, mm-hmm. um, for when you know Freshers' Week was happening and all the rest of it. But I decided that. I would move back to Glasgow just a little bit earlier so I could 
be in Glasgow and be settled in Glasgow before yeah. September kind of came around. So did you live had home I, during the pandemic? Yeah, I lived at home during the pandemic, which would, had its pros and cons for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if I had chosen to move just a month later, like I'd planned, I wouldn't have found I wouldn't have found a flat. I'd, it would have been, or I would have been paying ridiculous amounts to live yeah. with one. So no, I know I moved in May, and it was the situation was all right. Mm-hmm. But I definitely had friends moving in like September, August mm-hmm. time, and they were like, "What do I do? Like, Literally. I'm moving from Aberdeen. I can't commute. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some people how you, some students who are commuting hours and hours every day just to come on campus like um, thank god uh, we've still got hybrid learning as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. well for some uh-huh. you know you know no, that's um, true. there's a I might be merging two stories here but <laughs> I think it was a postgrad education student so mm-hmm. a postgrad teaching PGDE student um, who lived on Butte so the island just to the <laughs> west of kind of Glasgow. Um, so they were distance learning for a while and it was fine. Yeah. But then they had to do placement. Oh, so Christ. they had to get a bus, I think a ferry. Yeah. And another bus to get to their placement. And it was an Every hour day. and a half. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Um, no. And, you know, it's like uni couldn't, well, couldn't, wouldn't, didn't do anything to kind of help and support mm. them oh that's crazy and what what kind of support has been out there I know we've got the advice hub mm-hmm. um, you've got the housing action group do mm-hmm. you want to talk about that a bit yeah um, in terms of support mm-hmm. advice hub is definitely where you need to go um, the advice hub have been working god bless them they've been working so hard throughout all of this um, Jody is our kind of advisor with kind of the remit of housing I suppose mm-hmm. um, but it could be picked up by any one of the advisors um, but she's been working tooth, fighting tooth and nail to make sure that we can do all we can for students and we can get students the support and the help that they need for what we actually can't provide yeah. them you know um, so if you're looking for any advice you even just need a chat, need somebody to talk to okay. to kind of straighten things out um, just to get your head on straight if you're struggling um, or if you need kind of any advice to, if you're in a bad situation in terms of your housing, mm-hmm. the advice sub is definitely where you need to go. Um, however, if you're as annoyed and exasperated about housing as I am, about just how people have let this situation happen, you know, and how the people who own and let out housing have allowed this situation to happen, how the government have allowed this situation to happen, and most importantly, how Strathuni, sorry, University of Strathclyde, isn't doing anything to help support these students through this. Mm-hmm. If you're as incensed and upset about it as I am, then that's where the Housing Action Group comes in. Um, housing Action Group um, is a space for students to kind of come together and organise around housing, try and do what they can to make change in the system, whether that's within the union, whether that's within the university, or whether you want to fight for kind of wider um, housing rights, uh, working with kind of some of the other partner organisations that are in and around Glasgow. Get your voice heard. Exactly, that's the one. 
Take you know, as as Mr. Obama said on the steps outside Richmond Street, um, get active. That's the one. Sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably best we talk about novel. Is it novel? Novel. 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 No- novel. Novel. Like like a book. Like a book. So, do you want to explain a bit about who novel is and the issues that were kind of coming up? I think it was more last semester than this semester, but. It, it's I, back. You know more than <laughs> yes. Um Yeah, let's discuss. Yeah, so novel, um, novel is a multinational um, student housing accommodation mm-hmm. provider. So um, they have PBSAs all across Europe, I'm pretty okay. sure all across the world, um, in their parent company. Um, but specifically in the UK and Scotland, they have quite a lot of luxury, high-end accommodation. So rooms that are, you know, fancy student hall rooms. So it's still a cell and a sink, you know. But, um, yeah, a £1,000 a month for that. Um, And that's what some people are having to pay. You know, some people don't have another choice. They have to. Um, And they're lucky to, you know, be in a... No, everyone deserves a roof over their head. They're lucky enough to be in a financial situation where they can take that option. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, novel, luxury high-end accommodation. They opened, they've been building that big glass building mm-hmm. at the top of Cathedral Street next to the Buchanan, um, next to the Buchanan car park. Buchanan yeah. Gallery's car park. Yeah, yeah. That big one, you'll have seen it. It's got, like... The bit on of, the roof? Yeah, we stick it out a bit on the roof. Uh, I don't know. Um... So they've been building that for ages and ages and ages. Um, and they finally thought they were going to be done. So they invited students and like the housing crisis, they were like, cool, move in in September. We'll have it ready by then. September came along, the move-in date came, and a couple of days before, everyone got an email. Everyone who had signed up to live there, who had paid the thousand of pounds a month in rent and paid their deposits already, so they'd already paid thousands of pounds to this company. Um, they'd got an email from the company saying, hey, so it's not ready yet, uh, we're going to put you in a hotel, um, but for the for the hassle, we'll give you a £15 delivery voucher. Great. Have, have, have fun. Um, so, with having no other option, these students arriving, looking to move into a flat, looking mm-hmm. to move into their home for the year, have to get shipped off to hotels, premier inns, all the rest of it across Glasgow. And they're staying there. Some stayed there for three to four weeks um, because they were building, they were finishing the rooms floor by floor. Right. So I don't know if they were down or up, but they were finishing the rooms floor by floor. So some people were there for three nights, some people were there for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when they did move in, it was still a construction site. And it was yeah. atrocious. Well, the stories we were hearing was yeah. wild. Absolutely awful. So, um, you know, uh, unsafe kind of electrical fittings everywhere, electrical stuff that wasn't finished, fire alarms going off all the time. That does happen in a lot of student accommodations, apparently. I, I don't... It's, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. Um, drilling at stupid hours in the morning, awful air quality, um, uh-huh. flooding, all in this one block of flats where these students are paying thousands of pounds for the privilege of living in uh, hell, a hell, a hell, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
we reached out to NUS. Well, first we tried to kind of see what we could do within the union. Um, had a lot of meetings, of meetings with the Vice Hub, um, see what the kind of situation was. Worked with some absolutely fantastic students who were organising themselves. Um, they were kind of coming together to make the issue known. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the work that they were doing in terms of publicising it was picked up by the BBC. Um, so BBC actually did publish um, a piece on how bad the novel situation was or the situation at novel, bridal works specifically. <laughs> um, so reached out to the university to see if they would do something. The university were lucky, um, kind enough to, kind enough, I suppose. The university were put in a position where they kind of had to offer support for these students uh, and we're very grateful f- um, for them to do that. However, the support was limited to, oh, uh, we'll give you extensions on your assignments because, you know, obviously you're in an unsafe living situation or an inadequate living situation and we'll give you rooms that you can study in because you can't study in your flat because the fire alarm's going off and you can't mm. sleep and there's no air quality and mm. it's a construction site. So, um, yeah, we did ask them to kind of see if they could cut ties or put out a statement or whatever um, and I don't think that that work got anywhere. Um, but once we realised that it was more than just a Strathclyde issue, like kind of as this was becoming more and more of a thing, as we're becoming more and more aware throughout September uh, and October, um, we realised, okay, no, this is bigger. So we needed to reach out to the other partner institutions across Glasgow. So yep. we reached out to Glasgow Cali, reached out to um, the Student Representative Council at Glasgow University and reached out to City Glasgow College as well. Um, to see if they were having similar issues and it was the exact same for them. There were students who were just yeah, no, suffering just as much. So we came together with um, NUS Scotland and some local councillors um, to see what we could do, how we could pressure Novel into doing something about this and specifically how we could pressure Novel into giving the students back the thousands of pounds that they'd paid to be living in a hellhole. Um, and we were successful in that, you know. It, with through pressure with NUS, we sent them a list of demands um, uh, at the threat of a boycott, national boycott across the whole of the UK, um, and through the threat of legal action. Um, and we were successful in giving, uh, we were successful in them agreeing to a rebate. Yeah. Um, so we thought that was done and dusted. We were quite happy, you know. Uh, this totally was numbered. November, so yeah. now so what's happened month since? four, five, six. six. Yeah, six months <laughs> since. Yeah, exactly. So six months later, um, turns out none of that happened. No. Um, they didn't bother for most of the kind of rent rebates. The way that they did it was um, for those kind of who left the accommodation. Um, they kind of had to apply for the rebate and it was all a little bit sketchy and some people didn't get the email and some people didn't get the rebates when they did apply. Um, for those who were still living in their accommodation, it was kind of knocked off of their actual rent. Okay. So they didn't actually get the money back. They just didn't, didn't. have to pay more. Yeah. Um, which, you know, if I've paid two grand to live in, you know, <laughs> to live in a flooded Bath, to live in a flooded bedroom where the mirror's falling off the wall in the middle of the night and I'm being woken up by a fire alarm every night at 3am. Um, yeah, I'd quite want some actual money back rather some than just not. Yeah, place. exactly. 
Um, and now a lot of people were able to leave Novel mm-hmm. because of the Coronavirus Act. It allowed students to leave their student accommodation because of the pandemic and because of the unsafe conditions that the COVID-19 pandemic created within accommodation. Right. So students were, if they felt unsafe due to COVID within their accommodation, they were able to leave their accommodation. That ended in March. So now right. students, if they're paying too much, if their rooms are still broken, which they are, if they're still flooding, if it's still X, Y, and Z, now they can't leave mm-hmm. at all. There's nothing to help yeah. them. And, you know, there's absolutely awful stories of some of these students. I'm actually... Pull up the tape. Um, See, with these private accommodations, does it work the same with, like... Are you tied in for a year? Or with, like, landlord accommodation, can you just give 28 days notice and leave? No. So it's... Yeah, you're tied in for a year. So it's... It's very, very unique. Mm -hmm. If you're a private tenant, mm-hmm. so tenant is somebody who's renting. If you're a private tenant, regardless of if you're a student, if you're, you know, a nurse, Just if you're renting. whoever, you know, Billy Joe <laughs> for the streets, you know, whoever it is, you have certain rights within your accommodation. You have 28 days notice, you have the right to repair, you have um, various other rights and guarantees and assurances that ensure your accommodation is what we call safe and secure. Mm-hmm. safe and secure accommodation so you are safe within your place the house itself and the outside outside your flat nothing is going to harm you you're not in any harm and your housing is yours for the yours in all extensive purposes outlined within the agreement um, for tenants in PBSAs um, purpose built student accommodations and that does include university halls as well this isn't just private halls, it's yeah. university halls as well. Um, none of those rights exist. It's essentially a 52-week-long hotel stay. You've yeah. booked into a hotel for 52 weeks. And you're saying that's nasty. Yeah, and it's, it's governed under, instead of tenancy law, mm-hmm. it's governed under contract law or common law. Okay. So there's absolutely none of these assurances. You can't leave the contract once you've signed the contract unless there's special certain clauses. Um, so you can't, like so you can't give you 28 days. could get you out of that. Yes. But now that doesn't exist. But now that doesn't exist, exactly. Um, you're oh not, dear. you know, you're not legally, you're not kind of, you don't have the right to repair. So a lot of contracts will be like, oh, if something's broken, we'll fix it within 48 hours, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But there's no legal protection of that. Um, right. And there's just no legal protections for any of this. Because um, PBSAs are awful. Yeah. Uh, they, they... Some would argue they're a necessary evil because there is no flats. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no flats. And PBSAs, for some people, are very, very good. I consider living in a PBSA. I mean, I lived in halls for my first year. Yeah. Um, I considered moving back into a PBSA. Um, well, had I not been successfully elected to this role, I would have lived in private halls this year yeah, while I was finishing, that works. finishing my fourth year. Yeah, a lot of international students because a lot of them don't require an international guarantor. It's, it's all connected. It's, it's all connected and it's all awful and it's all designed to extort and exploit students so that those who own the housing can take the profits and take the rewards and make money off the of students. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a scam. It's all a scam. Uh, scary, scary. 
So what is, what's your plans for the future? You've obviously been elected. Yeah, elected uh, another the, year. The future of housing, the future of Lewis McDermott. What's happening next? What's your plans? In terms of housing, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm fed up. It's a scam. I'm fed up of all of it. I'm fed up of people getting away with this. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are too. I think there's just not an opportunity for people to kind of express that and an opportunity for people there's no avenue for change mm-hmm. like people are upset about the climate change and climate and it's a catastrophic issue and of course um, but through the kind of school strikes through these kind of um, monthly kind of protests through all the conversations that's happening through COP mm-hmm. people had a way to there's kind of voice. come together for yeah. that and to, to as you said get their voice heard you know um, so I want to kind of start creating that avenue for people to get their voice heard. I want to, in the next couple of months, that's what we're going to be doing here at the union. You know, mm-hmm. We're going to be supporting the Housing Action Group more, kind of pushing them forward to make sure that, that, that students can be directly involved in trying to influence and shape the policy um, in terms of housing in their own way, you know. Uh, I don't dictate what the Housing Action Group does. The housing Action Group themselves dictates whatever they want to do. Um, we're running, we're working with partners across Glasgow and across Scotland in kind of educating um, students and providing students with workshops where and kind of the tools and skills necessary that they can go out and implement this change. They can come together. And more importantly, they know what their rights are as well. A lot of students, yeah. you know, students, people, people living in flats don't know what their Same rights are, you know? And yeah, and then you have no idea. So workshops in kind of campaigning, workshops in coming together and organising, workshops in what on earth a tenancy agreement is, how to make sure you're not um, getting messed over by your landlord, what to do if you are getting messed over by your landlord, you know, how to try and spot and avoid scams. Mm-hmm. Um, workshops and all of these things we're working with these partners as well to make sure that the advice hub has as much up-to-date information as possible and knows exactly where to send students or where to signpost students to if they are kind of having any housing issues and any of this is relevant to them um, but most importantly um, we're going to be asking the university to do something about this you know they're asking thousands and thousands of students to come to Glasgow every year while knowing that there's nowhere for them to live you know we've we've been having conversations we have a conversation once every month with the accommodation services and with um, some of the university executive team about the housing crisis and managing the housing crisis and x y and z so they know it's happening, but they're still inviting thousands and thousands of students to Glasgow every year yeah, and just pretending as if these two things are entirely separate. Mm-hmm. So it, it's their responsibility. It is the university's responsibility to do something about it, um, whether it's you know helping international students with getting a guarantor, you know, yeah. being their guarantor. A lot of universities across Scotland do this. You know, Glasgow University do this and Strathclyde don't. I can't remember if it was Aberdeen or Dundee provide um, an international guarantor scheme. And so the university doesn't. itself can do that? Yeah, the university itself can do that, and it's choosing not, not to. to. Um, and that would help That would help so many international students 
one, from paying extortionate fees, but two, from getting scammed. One mm-hmm. of the biggest reasons that scam artists can get away with getting thousands and thousands of pounds from students and just running away is because students don't have another choice. Mm-hmm. With an international guarantor scheme run by the university, these students would, wouldn't have to pay thousands and thousands of pounds to a potential landlord. They would be able to go to university and they would only have to pay you know, the rent up front for that month. Yeah. And there would be assurances in place through an international guarantor scheme. The university is not going to be a guarantor for a, for a scam lord, you know? No, exactly. Like, um, they need to... The university could also be just looking at what their numbers of new students coming into Glasgow, coming into Strathclyde, how that's going to affect housing or how housing is going to affect those numbers. They treat them as two entirely separate entities right now. They're very interlinked. They're <laughs> the same thing, yes. you know? So they, the, the, the kind of official term is housing impact assessment reports, which is incredibly boring and it's bureaucratic speech for looking at what your numbers of people, what your numbers of students are and how that's going to affect how many houses there are mm-hmm. and vice versa and treating these things together. Yeah. Um, so the university should be doing housing impact assessment reports um, alongside all of their new recruitment targets, however many students they're wanting to bring in. Uh, and they're planning on redeveloping halls. Um, yes. So... Loads of shiny new buildings up in halls, um, different plans for different things. Mm-hmm. The university, to stop this from happening again in the future, needs to build as many new housings, houses as possible, as many new rooms as possible. And the rooms need to be affordable. Mm-hmm. They need to be accessible as well. And they need to be... Livable. Livable, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so the university needs to commit, can and should commit to doing mm-hmm. that to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. Big plans, big stuff happening, a big year ahead of you. Yeah. Any final advice, obviously, for folks starting in September? I don't imagine the housing issue is going to go away anytime soon. What would you say to them? For people looking for a flat in September, I'd say specifically advice, look early. (laughs) (laughs) Look now. Yeah, (laughs) maybe not now, Um, but look early. I'm not going to echo what the university's advice was this time last year, which was, oh, lower your expectations. You're not going to be able to live in city centre Glasgow. You know, live out of Glasgow, um, which we got from one of the university executive team when we raised this as a concern last time, um, September last year. But um, do, you know, we can make change between now and then. Mm -hmm. We can start the process for change between now and then. And if you're looking, struggling to find a flat in September and as you're as upset and incensed and pissed off yeah. as I am and you want to see that change, get involved. Get, get, get active, get, get involved. involved. You know, on the Strathamine website, there's a link to it, all the work we're doing in housing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got advice, it's got the workshops that we'll be running, it's got articles, it's got um, the housing action group and whatever work they'll be doing. And that is where you need to go to get advice, to get involved, and to make change. Excellent advice. Thank you. No worries. Guess we'll wrap things up there. Yeah, if anyone needs advice, make sure to come along to the Advice Hub um, on anything housing-related or anything advice-related. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we'll call it a day there. <laughs>